Hi there, ladies and gentlemen. How are we doing tonight? Tonight's show, I want to introduce our musical guest for the night. He's going to be performing two songs for us today. Ladies and gentlemen, on the brink of normal!
want to introduce to you tonight your host for the evening, the man who organizes all the one, the only, the delectable Wesley Skinner! Fantastic. Woo! 
I'm feeling riled up right now, to be told. <sighs> what a great start. Oh, Sounds man. like we're still missing something, though. You're right. Honestly. Wait a minute, I have an idea. Always love to start a show off with a bang. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys are in for a long night. It's gonna be great. <laughs> all right, all jokes and funniness aside, it's time I explain what Just Skimming the Surface is. It's a podcast. <laughs> I started Just Skimming the Surface in 2016, which was a really rough year for me. Um, I went to Columbia College, Chicago, so that already kind of tells you how rough it could have been. <laughs> Just kidding, my friends who still go there and have graduated from there. I do love all of you dearly. Um, but I went to Columbia College, Chicago as an acting student, and then I eventually transferred into the radio department, where I found that not only do I have a face for radio, I also have a voice for <laughs> worked out in my favor and I worked more towards a voiceover minor which was what I was trying to complete there before I found out I'm not rich enough to go to school in the city of Chicago <laughs> so I had to drop out of Columbia sadly uh, around the same time at the beginning of that year I got the tragic news that my grandmother had passed away on my mother's side um, this was my first close death uh, in the family so I wasn't really familiar with everything that was going on. I didn't know really how to feel. Um, I really loved this woman. She was great. She loved coming out to see my performances and everything. Uh, she came to see me in my very first high school show, West Side Story, and she was right there with me right when I was going on stage for um, Shrek the Musical. Later on in the year, um, I got some more tragic news that my grandmother on my father's side had passed away. Um, a couple months later, my grandfather on my father's side was very sick. Um, so it was around that time that I really decided I wanted some sort of platform to get my thoughts out there. Some sort of platform that I can just talk about dark, deep, philosophical stuff. I can't even say words when <laughs> I wanted to start a podcast. <laughs> but I thought, since I've wanted to do a podcast for so long, maybe this was the best time. Just Giving the Surface started as a very deep, dark, kind of depressing place for me. And I talked about themes such as existentialism, mortality, death, dieting, all the sad things. <laughs> Until eventually, I decided to kind of shift the podcast and make it a more brighter place. Because you can be philosophical without having to be depressing. Um, I didn't think that was a thing, but it really has worked out so far. <laughs> but I decided to shift it more to really celebrate the experiences of people who are passionate about something. People who have experiences worth sharing, worth telling, and worth listening to. And so that's really what I wanted to start on Just Giving the Surface. After losing three of my grandparents and having all sorts of people around me talk about all these great stories, all these great memories that they had with them, 
So here's to memories that are worth sharing and worth experiencing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I also promised Grant that he'd get a monologue too, so uh, uh <laughs> Hi guys, how's everybody doing tonight? Yeah. So I started just giving the surface. Um, it's kind of a bit of a passion project for me. Um, <laughs> 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 really... Yes. <laughs> oh, sorry. You said I'm getting monologue. Oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. That is... So yeah, Just Seeing the Surface started as a passion project for me. I, I, I wanted to really bring out something where everybody could have a voice. Um, I think that it's really important that people, especially nowadays in our culture, has the ability to go ahead and latch on to something that they see as like a safety word. Please welcome our first guest, John Tovar, to the stage! Is there a problem? Is there a problem? Is there no, there's, there's no problem, Wes. If it wasn't for the fact that I'm under contract here, it is me. Let's go, let's start, let's start, let's start. Come on. All right, so we've got John Tovar here, and he's gonna tell us about his experience with theater, especially in his fight choreography, which really interests me, because I never had an experience with fight choreography until I came to ISU. And there was some at Columbia, they offer like a certification there, yeah. but they don't do fight choreography in high school. <laughs> they just kind of tell you to do it. So, <laughs> yeah. Throw one here. If you could kind of explain to me how you kind of got into the game of fight choreography. Well, I've always had an interest in it. Um, the first show that I performed in was West Side Story, actually, oh. and uh, at, at my high school. And what was interesting was that the director said, uh, put together something, put together some kind of a fight. And so my friend Jim and I at the time, uh, we decided we wanted to put something together that was actually more than just holding each other in like an eighth grade dance. Um, so we wound up kicking each other and throwing each other all over the stage and stuff like that. And it was really, really exciting. I never forgot about that. Um, then fast forward through school and all this other kind of stuff. And I had a show where I was, uh, to, I was in a Richard III and Richard III was supposed to kick me. And Richard III kept kicking me, but they kept curving their toes in. So they kept kicking me in the floating ribs. And, after getting bruised and beaten up and stuff like that, I'm like, there's gotta be a better way to do this. So when I graduated from here as an undergrad in 1999, uh, I went up to Chicago and started studying at the Actors Gymnasium. Um, and I studied there for five years, uh, five solid years, and tested through all the different disciplines over and over and over again and found that I really enjoyed that part of storytelling. Uh, and so then I decided through assisting those classes as well that I wanted to become a teacher of it because it, it was something that just astounded me that there was such great opportunities for actors to be able to do this kind of extreme acting that we call it. Um, and that's what really got me into not only staged violence and fight choreography but also education as well. It was all really kind of wrapped into that. Stage combat kind of changed my world. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, when did you start teaching? Was stage combat your first teaching experience, or did you have different like acting? No, or? actually, I was a, a working actor in Chicago, and uh, I decided that I wanted to start teaching stage combat. So I went through the uh, actually the Society oh. of American Fight Directors. Uh, they have a they have a teacher certification workshop that they do every few years, and I applied for it and was accepted. Uh, and it was a four-week workshop that we did where we got to teach all sorts of different disciplines and talk about safety and story and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I actually didn't pass it outright. Um, I, three, weeks, <laughs> three weeks before I went to the workshop, we, you already pay your, all your tuition and all that stuff, I herniated two discs in my low spine. Ooh. And so I'm hobbling around trying to deal with chiropractics and all that other kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, I spent nearly $4,000 or something like that. So I'm like, I'm going to go. And they said, we already know you know how to fight. There's no, that's not why you're here. So I went and I said, okay. And I did all the, the teaching. I did several different fights. We had to choreograph fights and perform in fights. I wound up being able to muscle through all of that. And at the end of the workshop, they said, well, we watched you teach. You accomplished all of the goals. You did everything that we asked you to do. We just don't know how you did it. <laughs> and, I, and I was a little confused by that. And I said, well, that's really not my problem. <laughs> I said, because what I did was I provided the results that you needed. And the students got everything they wanted out of it and more. And they said, well, that's fine, but we just, we don't understand. We think you need to take more time and work on your teaching. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna give you what they called a provisional status at that time. So what they said, I had to do all of these different things, jump through all of these hoops. I personally felt it was a complete load of horseshit <laughs> uh, <laughs> because they laid out the parameters and I followed them and that was fine. So after a year, uh, I didn't do a single thing that they asked. I wrote a letter saying I thought this was complete horseshit, and I had several people in support of my letter write letters as well, uh, and they said, congratulations, you passed. And that was, that was kind of the end of it. Um, but I realized that the one thing that, and, and one of those instructors came back to me probably about 10 years later, and they said the problem that I realize now is that I was watching how you taught as opposed to watching how the students received the information. Mm -hmm. And he said, now that when I do this workshop, that's really what I look at because everybody disseminates information differently. It just depends on how the students receive it. Mm -hmm. And I am not necessarily the most eloquent individual. Um, I think that's pretty fair to say. Um, but my, my passion and drive for the work is what really helps propel that information through to the students in a way that is different from other people, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah, definitely. So, awesome. So yeah. Really so awesome. most recently you fight choreographed a show in Chicago called Girl in the Red Corner. Girl in the Red Corner. I went and saw that and it was phenomenal. It was actually a Thank really you. awesome piece of theater in a very small space too. <laughs> um, could you go through kind of the process for the choreography for that piece? Um, the the it was really great because I always love a challenge. I never, I never want to look at a show that I'm going to choreograph and say, okay, this is going to be an easy one. I always want something different that's more exciting and more challenging. 
And what could be more challenging than a, a stage space that's about 10 feet wide? Um, and then the audience is approximately starting six inches outside of that. So at 11 feet, we had two sets of audience. Um, and I found that to be really, really exciting because you can't hide bad stage combat in that situation. They're yeah. going to see the misses. They're going to see all of that openness. So you really have to focus on such specific technique and push the actors in such a way that they are making connections and contact and doing all sorts of things that we normally would think can't be done. Um, they just need to be done in a particular way so that they are safe and tell based on story. So that was a really exciting challenge. The other part of that was that all, all of them had some kind of training, but none of them really had the amount of training one would hope for. Usually that is the case, is that we get actors that don't truly have all the training that we really want in those situations because then it's like, oh, well, we can do all of these different things and stuff like that. You have to take what you get um, and go with that. But what, what I loved about every single one of those actors is that they all had the passion and the drive to try anything. None of them had fear. Um, one of the understudies, all the understudies actually got to perform as well. So not only did the main cast have to learn all the fights, but the understudies had to do them all as well with guaranteed performances. Awesome. And one of them came to me as like, I, I've never done a shoulder roll before. Hmm. And we're like, okay, let's start here. So uh, this, uh, we started on just giving him the base technique, and he's like, let me work on it. And 20 minutes later, he, he nailed it. And he was like, this is... I can totally do this, and he consistently, consistently practiced. And the actors all bought into this idea that it's only as good as the work we put into it. Um, and with a, with a show like that that is so fight-heavy and so tight and specific, you can't leave anything to chance. You have to put in 150% every single time to make sure that the miss which is only about three inches away from the face, moving at full speed, is truly only three inches. Um, opening night, uh, in the final fight, one of the actors got clipped. Um, they got over rambunctious. It's opening night, and yeah. thing, things happen. I told them at the very first rehearsal, about five, six weeks earlier, that at some point, somebody's going to hit somebody. I said, it happens every time. You just have to be able to roll with it and immediately tell, am I hurt or am I injured? Uh, can I move forward and all that? And I watched it happen and nobody could tell. You could see that there was an additional slight move in the face and that was about it. They went right on. So they took that note to heart. And what you do in a show, when you forget your line or this or that, you work on figuring out how to fix that problem. And there's no immediate problem that's more serious than getting punched in the face. So you have to think so quickly. And they were pros about it. I, was, I couldn't have been more thrilled working with such an amazing ensemble that all elevated each other. They were all hoping for the best in everyone and encouraging everyone and always taking additional opportunities to practice. Um, but working in such a small space is hard. It's very hard, and you have to be that much more attentive to everything around you because things can happen that are potentially disastrous. Yeah. So on the other hand, then, since you had such a great cast this time around, mm -hmm. uh, can you tell us about an experience where the cast was less than stellar? 
Um, I've had, I've been very fortunate in my, in my career that the injuries that have taken place in a show have been very minor, very minor. I have, I am incredibly lucky in that. Um, I've had situations where, okay, so there was one <laughs> where I've choreographed things and then information comes out after the fact. For example, I, there was a show that I was choreographing where I, I wanted to do a punch to the stomach to this individual, a contact punch, which is very safe provided that you do particular things. So we were talking through all the technique and all the safety and all this kind of stuff, and then I started demoing on the, the recipient of the punch, and everything was fine. And then uh, I said, okay, now I'm gonna have the aggressor do the move, are you okay with that? And the recipient said, yeah, I, I, can you just make sure that they punch over here? And I said, yeah, why? Hmm. And he lifted up his shirt to show a needle with an insulin pump oh, into his stomach, and no. said, if he punches over here, it could be potentially dangerous. And like, so director, we're gonna change this choreography. We're gonna do something completely different. And I removed the move because people don't necessarily think of the obvious. And I find that to be uh, potentially problematic is I guess a nice way to put it. I've had shows that have fallen apart because of individuals forgetting things. I had one show where uh, a student had a drinking problem and uh, it was uh, Three Musketeers and they played the villain. Uh, so they were doing a lot of sword fighting and we brought in an understudy who came in and learned all of the fights and was on standby. Um, there are inevitably things go wrong. Um, I, I think I'm serious enough with the actors when I say that this is a potentially dangerous thing that you're doing and you need to take it seriously. Um, but usually the injuries take place after I'm gone because they tend to forget about the serious nature of the work and they get that adrenaline rush going and things start going too fast. Mm. Um, but documented medical injuries that caused people to go to uh, emergency care of some kind, I can remember too. In what is that? Over almost 20 years of work. So yeah, that's awesome. that's a pretty wow. good, a pretty good. Fantastic. So I have a question that kind of strays off this entire path that we just uh, went. Okay. On. Um, so none of us start off right in the career that we want to be in. Um, so I want to know what kind of like. Jobs, did you work as a high schooler, as like an early college student? <laughs> did you have any side hustles, anything like that? Like, <laughs> side hustle. I started working, um, technically I started working when I was 10. Okay. Uh, my dad had a small printing company at the time and it was uh, cheap uh, childcare. <laughs> so I, and it was cheap labor. Um, so he paid me a dollar an hour to do stuff around his print shop, like collate papers and do all of that kind of stuff. Um, but then, let's see, I worked at uh, a country club as a busboy. I worked at uh, a garage. I used to, when they had full service garages where you could drive up and somebody would pump your gas, I would do that. Um, what was funny about that was that as a smoker, um, 
I actually did smoke walking out to pump gas for people at the cars. Because back then, you didn't think about that. Um, I also worked at, for a day and a half, I worked at a TCBY yogurt. Uh, I, uh, that was, oh God, that was why, why a day and a half? What did you, uh, for was a day and a half, cold? they made me like, make like, waffle cones. Uh-huh. And after the first day, I was like, I really hope they start to give me something else. I walked in the next day and they're like, okay, this is what you're going to be doing. And they put me right back where I was. And I just dropped the stuff and I, and I left them a note saying, keep the money. I don't want anything. I'm going. And I just left. That was that simple. Um, I managed uh, a Levi's clothing store uh, at 19 years old. Um, I managed a record store or a CD store, a music store. Uh, yes, I know. I'm dating myself. Um, but uh, I did. Uh, I worked at State Farm. I've worked in all sorts. I worked plowing snow, um, mowing lawns. I, I've never not worked um, because I've always felt that you need to contribute. You need to do something. It's really given me such a strong work ethic. And I've I found that transferred into my in, into my theater life, mm. which um, I am never not doing something. I mm. I haven't taken a vacation in at least fifteen years, um, and if then you could consider maybe a day and a half at home a vacation, but that would be about it. Um, but I always wanted to be an industrial psychologist. <laughs> right? What the hell is that? <laughs> it's all that yogurt experience. It's all oh, yeah, that yogurt. Yeah, yeah. Look it up. It's fascinating. <laughs> so you said that the, your work style and ideals on working all the time transferred into your theater career. What other kind of skills transferred into your theater career from all these different types of jobs? Do you find yourself reminded uh, of different things that happen on a daily? or? Absolutely. Um, the importance of organization and communication. Um, proper scheduling, um, timeliness, um, all of those attention to detail, all of those kinds of things really, really helped me uh, as I went up in my career in different ways and became like a manager of stores and things like that, that you have to lead by example. Mm. And if you have a strong work ethic and you go in and do the best you can every day, um, People can't take that away from you and say that you do not work hard, but it, then it becomes a lifestyle that you always wind up doing and putting forth your best effort into everything that you do. And I've been very fortunate in that, that I learned that so early on. Um, but that's because I had good parents who taught me the importance of always working hard to do your best because there's always somebody out there who does it better. And you have to be, the one that they look at and say, no, we want you for the job. Mm -hmm. um, and that is something that's really transferred into my career because there are plenty of actors out there. There are plenty of directors and fight choreographers and all of those kinds of things. So it's like, what do you bring to the table that makes them want to spend the money on you and take a chance on you? Um, and so all of that has really helped me become uh, the artist that I am. So I wish I could talk to you a lot longer because you have so much experience and so much to say. But we do have a show and a lot of other guests to get to. Sure. Do you have any parting words of wisdom for our audience today? Um, there is a phrase that I, I think I said earlier this week um, that I think is kind of 
funny. How um, my back hurts. How my back hurts. No more waffles. Does anybody have any Percocets? No. It wasn't that either. Um, Ramp Brown, get out of my office, please. I'm begging you, get out of my office. (laughs) Um, If you can't say anything nice, shut the fuck up. Oh, I love that. And the, the reason why I say that is because I think we focus too much on the negative nowadays. Nowadays, especially. Mm-hmm. And it's why feed into that lifestyle feed those fires? There's no point to that. If you, if you don't feel like you can say anything good, then just don't say anything. Mm-hmm. It's better to just focus on being as positive as you can because there's too much negativity out there. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hope you get your mind off. I'll do my best. <laughs> It's at this moment that I realized I did not charge my phone at all today. And it's the one we're using to record the live stream. So, Cody, is, is it still recording? Yeah, it's a low battery, 20% remaining. Ooh, aren't we all? I have a charger, but there's no outlet nearby that it could plug into. Oh, a portable charger. Marcus, everybody! Come on! Wow! Magnificent! Now I have to find where the charging cord is. Put these on, everybody! It's back here. Wes, I didn't know where you went. Where did you go? It's almost like life does not exist outside of these three walls. (laughs) What? Okay. (laughs) So I'd like to, wow, express myself yet again. Wow. (laughs) That's not the song that's supposed to play. I'd like to welcome our next guest to the stage. We have both representatives from Free Stage and Black Actors League today. So if they could make their way down here, we're gonna play a little game with them. So we've got Ethan Rickard, Anne Marie Owens, Deanna Stewart, and Amara Smith. So we're gonna do that thing that you do on the first day of classes where we go down the line and you tell us your name, your major, what you're involved in here. Hi, James. <laughs> anyway, name, major, uh, let's do year, and then also what you're involved in here. Okay? Right down the line, starting with Ethan. I'm sorry, I'm still distracted by that guy. Uh, name, major, what I'm involved in? Name, major, year, what you're involved in. Uh, Ethan, uh, senior, uh, theater studies major, and uh, free stage. Uh, Anne-Marie, year, senior, major acting and at Dublin stage management, and um, free stage, that's the last one. Damara, year, senior, part one. (laughs) Oh, theater education major, um, and I am 
like I could sleep president. Okay. I'm Deanna. I am a senior part one as well. Uh, major, I'm acting. <laughs> I almost forgot about that. And Black Actors League for me too. Awesome, awesome. Okay, cool. So can you tell, tell us about what your group has done so far this year that has really been cool? <laughs> cool? Yeah. Cool. It's, it's, if it it's wasn't a cool, question. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> we meet every Friday, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. And every meeting is cool. Yeah. And what time is that at? Every Friday? 4.30. 4.30? Where? 2.14. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, one cool thing that we did um, this school year was we put together a show. Um, it was very collaborative. It was called Black Love Is. Um, and that is a show where we just explored um, love from different places of blackness. Black love through um, intimacy, through family, through friends, and um, self-love. Self-love, mm -hmm. yes. That was a big thing that we had in there. And um, we took a lot of time, and it was very um, collaborative throughout the entire group. Um, we used music that we love. We used pieces from different shows. Um, and yeah, we put that on for free stage. And that was one of the first shows that I did this year. So it got me like, you know, up and ready and moving. Um, and so yeah, it was great. Cool. And for free stage? Anything cool? <laughs> Only the cool stuff. Um, Only the cool stuff. I think in general, uh, Ethan and I this year really wanted to try to open up like the proposal process to incorporate and allow for lots of different kinds of work, like live podcasts and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, I think we've done a great job of having just like really diverse types of art happening in the festival. So I think that's been pretty cool this year. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell me more about... <laughs> <laughs> He's a man of few words, but he means what he says. This is why he won. <laughs> tell me more about what's coming up this <clears throat> semester for both of your groups. Well, for Free Stage, uh, from April 22nd through the 27th, I believe, that'll be the dates of our festival. And, I mean, we have, what, 11 different shows opening up? Um, anything from a stage reading to we've got uh, two new student works going uh, up. And we also have a couple full lengths. Uh, musical. Yeah, musical as well. So we've got a lot of cool stuff happening and then also we've got a drag show gender galleries which is going to be in the bowling and billiard center next weekend right bobby and madison uh, yeah thank you crowd so can i get an applause from the group if you're in a free stage show right now so definitely go and support your friends that you're sitting next to in the audience today okay bobby sorry for cutting you off that was very rude of me so anyway, uh, <laughs> um, I, I was, <laughs> I really don't have a question, I just wanted to do the bit, um, but, <laughs> go on Bobby, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry Bobby, please. Gender galleries. <laughs> yes, please, I'm sorry. And what do we have to look forward to from Black Actors League this semester? 
Um, so we have been really trying to create a space where we could welcome more people into Black Actors League because we do have like a really small group. Um, so we have come up with this idea that we wanted to do kind of like a gathering. Um, it's going to be a barbecue. It's going to be April 3rd. It's like the last Friday before finals week where people can still do stuff without like drowning in sadness. <laughs> oh, May 3rd. Yes. Yeah, May 3rd. I said April, but sorry. <laughs> yeah, so May 3rd, and we're going to have, like, it's like a going away to our seniors, but also welcoming to new people, because for some pe some reason, people of other um, races and ethnicities don't really want to come <laughs> to Black Actors League, so we want to, like, let people know that it's just because black is in the name doesn't mean it's the only, only for, only for <laughs> black people, yeah. So it's going to be food and games and music. different, yeah, music activities, so we're really excited about it. Awesome. It's amazing. Awesome. So let's go one down the line again. Um, tell me a great experience you've had throughout your time here at college with this specific group. Oh, well, we started with me. <laughs> Whoever's ready to go. <laughs> let's see. Um, I actually want to go way back, back in the day when I first joined. Um, it was our first meeting and well, my first meeting, and I remember it so much because they had food. Um, <laughs> they had so much food. They had chicken and fries and cake, and um, and I love food, and that's the best way to draw me in. And it was right at the door, and I said, "Oh, this is the place for me." And, um, ever since then, I have been locked in, and we always have food now. So that's another incentive. Join. You get to eat. Free food. Free food. <laughs> yeah, everyone. That's like how Black Actors League, besides just the community of people, they drew me in. And from there, I've been stuck with this group. Mm. So that's pretty much stuck. like the. Stuck? <laughs> yeah, she's not going in. Not, not in a bad way, though. <laughs> no, not in no, a bad yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I think that Ball has given me the opportunity to just like explore myself as a creator and as an artist, I've like never really done a lot of like um, directing and writing before Black Actors League and they kind of gave me that platform to do so. So we did um, a show with a theater that has no affiliation with ISU, which is something very dear to my heart because I like to reach out to the community and work with different people in the community. Um, so we did a show with, it was uh, called Emoja and it was just about like, um, it was just about love and <laughs> black people, and it was just about community, which is what ball is about. And I got to direct it, and that was like one of my first times directing stuff. So I was just like, wow, like maybe I do like directing. And ever yeah. since then, I've been directing everything. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. That specifically just made me really want to stay in ball, and just along with like. Like I said, it's ball is like a family. I call them my baller babies <laughs> because I'm so so much like a mom. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. Being with them and just actually being that family and having people within the department to go to and always talk to and cry about and you know all that good stuff. <laughs> so yeah, awesome. Um, I think for me, I like remember seeing the pre-stage festival my freshman year and being like blown away by how cool it was that students were like just doing that um, in their free time for fun like outside of their classwork and stuff and it made me really really want to be involved in that and so I did and um 
I've just had a really great time like learning how to help facilitate art in that way and like I'm super type A so I love like learning managerial skills and stuff like that but it was also just really cool to learn like the collaborative part of that you know what I mean especially with artists and that's been really awesome to see and help facilitate like my favorite thing is like going to the festival and seeing all of the work pay off and all of these awesome shows that go up so that's really just been my favorite memory is seeing the shows every year every semester really I think I've got to go with just being able to do the sheer amount of work that I've been able to accomplish over the past four years through Free Stage. Um, because coming here, like, one of my goals was like, oh, I think I might want to be, like, a playwriter or, like, a writer of some sort, but I'd never really had, like, a huge outlet for that. But then going and getting involved with Free Stage and looking back at it now, I think I am now working on my seventh show that I've written and then I'm directing it this semester. So it's just been really cool to be able to do that. So one more time down the line, I'd like to know kind of what you are taking out of this experience and bringing into your career after your schooling here, and then some parting words of wisdom for the audience. If you have any. <laughs> yeah, it's you're your up, turn. Ethan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got the words. I think going back to like doing the whole writing thing and everything, like doing it on, I mean, because we do so much work through Free Stage and everything, I think it's just really been like every semester's been like, oh, I have to do another show. I have to continually keep doing work. And I think just that drive to keep producing things and holding myself to a higher standard, I think, is something that I will take forward for the rest of my career, whatever that's going to be. Awesome. Um, and I think just join Free Stage is my parting word. <laughs> Which meets Fridays? At 11 and 301. 301. Right upstairs. So if you're not right already a part of that, make sure you check out a meeting sometime this semester. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think just like in general a sense of like being able to create your own work and like finding your own opportunities is something that I've really learned through Free Stage that I think is really I'm really gonna take with me into my career is just like if you I think this also is my wisdom <laughs> if you um, don't just wait for people to hand opportunities to you go out and make them yourself you know what I mean there's never going to be more resources than there are here right now that for free for you to just make literally whatever whenever with your friends so like do it now here while you can that's definitely like my some of the favorite things that i've done here have been projects that i did totally with my friends which were some of the most like artistically fulfilling things for me too so that awesome. would be my First question is, what are you gonna? What are you hoping to take from this experience oh. and bring into your career? And then words of wisdom. Okay, okay, okay. I got it. I was just so stuck on the words of wisdom part, trying to piece mm -hmm. that together. Um, so I would say that something that I'm gonna take from my experience as a ball member um, would be like theater is so much a therapy, and in the black community, you don't talk about mental illness. You don't even act as if you have any type of mental issues and it's not really recognized by our parents, it's <clears throat> not really recognized by anybody. 
and there's so many black kids who have so many mental issues that aren't addressed. So like giving, I have used theater as a way to express and to get my thoughts out and just as a form of therapy. And I will just can't wait until I'm able to take that into my classrooms and actually show students that there is another way to express your emotions that is you know productive and that is okay and that's great for you even if it is just writing or if it's directing or you know something giving them something to do and giving them something constructive to do um, so I don't know my words of wisdom <sighs> don't limit yourself I would say don't cut off any opportunity kind of like what Emma was saying like whatever you want to do just do it and whatever you think you can't do try to do it because you never know until you try I've tried so much stuff and failed but you know <laughs> now I know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I mean just try and just put yourself out there because the least that they can do is what laugh at you and say ha ha and then you be laughing back and mm -hmm. flick them off one foot you know so. three fingers <laughs> three fingers uh, so what I'm going to take away from my experience with Ball and take it into, you know, post-graduation is that community is very important, and it's very important to have people who are for you and who you can talk to and express yourself to. I find that when I walk into 214 and 4.30 on Fridays, I can completely be myself, and I don't have to put on a face, I don't have to put on a persona, but these people are very caring and loving, and it doesn't have to be a thousand people, um, but people who are very true and genuine and for you, um, I believe it's very important, especially in a very cruel world that we live in, is just to have those those just set few people that you know believe in you and that will push you and be there for you, and that's what ball has been for me. Um, and then just some words of wisdom, um, kind of pulling off of what Emma said, man, make your own experiences, make your own opportunities. Um, there have been many of times, you know, when I first came into the program where I was looking at the curriculum and I'm like, wow, I really don't see a lot of focus on black art or, you know, black theater as much as I'd like. So Ball has created that opportunity for me to look into that black art and to really dive into things that um, are very familiar to me and that I hold very dear to my heart that I want to um, explore even more post-graduation. So just finding what you love and going forward with it and diving all the way in, no matter who says no or who tries to block you, you only get one life. Um, and YOLO is right. Um, so just, you know, I know it's kind of lame, but yeah, stick to that and you'll be okay. You know, joy will find you wherever you go. Thank you so much for coming on today. I wish I could talk to you all longer, but... Thank yeah, you too for, much. Thank you for using the door. Um, we really established this. Thanks, Ethan. Here, um, what a true winner what uses a true, the door. Yes. Oh my gosh. Not you, that anyone else isn't a winner. You're all great. You know. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so our next guest is a very fantastic man. Mm -hmm. um, I actually spent a good portion of the day today with him uh, because we went to go teach some lessons at a high school in uh, Lombard, which yeah. was oh, yeah. great. Um, <laughs> a lot of fantastic kids there, and we always love getting out in the community and doing those kind of activities. So 
please welcome to the stage, Jimmy Chrisman. Everybody, listen up! We have an amazing, amazing opportunity right now. Today is Jimmy Chrisman's birthday! Birthday, Jimmy. Thank wow, you. Jimmy, wonderful day for great, Jimmy Christmas. A great Merry Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Everybody. I told you to keep them secret. <laughs> Thank you for keeping them secret. The joke here is uh, it's it's not it's Jimmy Christmas's birthday. Not even a little bit. <laughs> At all. Um, his birthday is actually in December. It is, yes. So yeah. But you know what? You all didn't wish him a happy birthday then, so, so we're making up for it. You know, guys? But you know whose birthday it is? Danny's! He Hi, was in Danny. Akbar he performed for you, so let's give him a little applause here. I love you. I love you more. Anyway, Jimmy Christmas here to talk about his experience with teaching theater. Uh, Jimmy has taught for two years? Three years? Here? Yeah. No, Two years just here. in general. Um, in general, you know, maybe a month and a half. Yeah. 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 So I mean, he's there. only 28. I mean, it's, it's just... Again. It's, yeah. yeah. So how long have you been teaching for? I taught high school theater for 17 years uh, before I moved here two years ago to start here at ISU. Awesome. awesome. Jimmy and I started the same year. Can you believe mm -hmm. that? And <laughs> Jim, we, we also started the same year as well, Me but too. I didn't make it. Because theater education is very difficult. Um, just and, and yeah, it really is. It's it's a, it's a field in which you have to be extremely well versed in almost everything. Uh, you have to be a parent. You have to be a teacher. You have to be a counselor. You have to be somebody who has an open heart to everything and anything, but also have to be stern enough to be like, hey, like I know what I'm doing, and I can't let that be swayed. And um, some people have it, and some people, you know, end up like me. And I, I think, and I believe that I'm sitting next to two very, very capable, amazing theater educators of the future. And so I, I'm just, anyway, that's just me giving you compliments because I love you both. I'll anyway, give you your 20 bucks after this. Yes! <laughs> Can I finish my monologue? No, you can't finish your monologue. Then I take it all back. Okay. <laughs> so, Jimmy, really quick, I wanted to get, because we all want to hear this, um, some of your greatest horror stories from when you were teaching high school. Yeah. Um, oh, goodness. Um, or anything from when I was a year in theater education would do just fine. Too. Listen, you just needed to go a different path. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, horror stories. Um, I'm trying to think. Probably the... the um, there's just two. Can I say two? Yeah. Okay. One, um, I, I was teaching this, this summer camp um, at Winthrop University with middle schoolers. Um, yeah. 
I'm not. I'm not That's a middle school person. Um, but I could. I could do the three weeks. Middle um, schoolers are middle school people. Okay. Um, but we were. I was teaching a musical theater class to seventh graders, and we were dancing and having a great time, and we were taking a break to get some water, and all of a sudden, a kid said, um, "Mr. Jimmy, she's on the floor." And so I look over, and there's poor little Autumn Gorham having a seizure. Oh. And um, the kids were fantastic. I said, everybody out, go sit in the lobby. Um, and I told this little kid, I said, you go get Steven, who was the director. And he came running down. Um, what was really scary about that, I mean, that was scary in itself. But what was really scary was when the mom got there, um, she got mad at us for calling her. Um, because this was summer camp, and her daughter has, had epi has epilepsy. Um, but summer camp was a time for her to not have to worry about that. Oh. So that's what was scary. Um, and the other scary thing was I, I was teaching uh, a unit in my, my acting class, and they had really pissed me off. Um, so they were doing research presentations, um, and this one, this one girl had um, Japanese theater. And... Um, she got up there and she was presenting just all wrong. Like there was nothing right about what she was saying. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I didn't know specifically everything about the thing that she was supposed to be talking about, but I was relating back to Asian culture and, and tradition and, 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 and all the things that I did know. And I was trying to pull her back on topic. And she said, um, Mr. Chrisman, I'm going to stop you right there. I said, oh, okay. Oh, and she, um, she said, uh, we know what we're talking about. I said, well, I'm just trying to help you, you know, with some things I know about Asian theater. And she said, I'm going to stop you there again. <laughs> she said, we're talking about Japan, not Asia. <laughs> so, yeah. So I just sat back and I said, okay, you do you. <laughs> I'm no <Yeah>. geography major. <laughs> Wowza. But I do think Japan is part of Asia. Yeah, yeah. This is, that's great. I think you learned that really early. <laughs> wow. Mr. Crisman, I'm going to stop you right so, there. Stop you right Goal. There. Yeah. Let's kind of go on the other end now. What have been some of the most rewarding experiences for you as a teacher? Um, it, it sounds cliche, but it's when, when the light goes on, when you can see they get what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had this, this young girl, her name is Jennifer Starr. It's a fantastic name. Um, but she was a freshman my very first year of teaching, and she was in my theater one class. She was terrified to even say her name in front of anyone. Um, by the time we got to her senior year, she had, she had taken some other classes. She was working on a theater four by her senior year, and she was playing ensemble roles, and, and uh, we did a music review, and she said, I want to do a solo. I said, okay. Um, so she had a solo in I'm a Woman from Smokey Joe's Cafe. <laughs> and um, after the show, her mom came up to me in tears and she said, I don't know what you did. I don't know what this did to her, but my child's not the same. Mm. So. Mm -hmm. So speaking into that, what really inspired you to become a teacher? Um, I didn't want to at first. <laughs> in high school, I was, I was in band. I was the drum major. Um, 
I I did this the spring musical every year, um, and I I, lo I love doing that. But I I wanted to go and I actually I wanted to be a contemporary Christian recording artist. Wow! And um, I got uh, my guidance counselor made me apply for a teaching scholarship that I got, and it was a full ride for my undergrad. So I was like, okay, we have to do that now. <laughs> um, so I I was like, well, music is what I know, so I'll I'll apply for the School of Music. Um, I auditioned, my band director horribly advised me on um, my audition pieces, um, so I did not get in. So I was like, okay, I have this full ride, I need to figure out what I wanna teach, so I declared um, elementary ed. Um, and then I quickly changed that within like the first two weeks of school to um, <laughs> secondary English. And I was like, I don't like this either, but I'm gonna stick with it. Um, and then my, a friend of mine, uh, I was sitting in a in the commons area in our dorm, and she came by in, uh, one evening. She said, "You're going with me to an audition tonight." Mm. I said, uh, "Okay, <coughs> for what?" And she was like, "It's Good Woman of Szechuan. You need to come." I was like, "Okay, I don't know what that is, but okay," because <laughs> um, I had never had a theater class in high school. I didn't know who Bertolt Brecht was. I did, I didn't care at that point. <laughs> um, so I said, "Okay, let me get dressed." So I got dressed, and I went with her, and um, I got a call back. And we got there to the callback, and she pulled me up on stage with her, and she said, I'm going to tell you one thing right now, and I need you to listen to me. I was like, okay. She said, I need you to act like you have never acted before because the other guy up for this other role, I hate him, and I don't want him in the show. <laughs> so I did, because I didn't want to let Coco down. And um, I ended up getting uh, the male lead with her in the show as a freshman, not a major. Um, and she said, you need to take this creative drama class with me this semester. I was like, I'll do anything Coco says, sure. <laughs> so I signed up for creative drama and we had to do a practicum in there um, where we taught in an after school elementary program. And when I got up and I did my first activity with them, I was like, okay, this, this is where it is. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. It makes oh, sense. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, so what's, what's the difference between, you taught high school for 17 years, right? and now you're teaching college. Mm -hmm. So how does that really transfer and where are the similarities and differences? Um, uh, similarities are that I'm, I still feel, this is gonna sound really conceited and I don't mean it to, but I, I still feel that I'm making a difference. Um, it's not in the same way, but I, I feel a greater responsibility now um, because I'm sending you all out into the world to do what I love most and um, so that's where I think it's similar. It's different because I'm, I get this, I, get, I can say things that I couldn't say in front of high schoolers. <laughs> like I did the other morning in 285. <laughs> um, but uh, differences, I, again, it's, it's, I had, when I took the job and I, I started here, um, I had, it was a, not a culture shock, but a profession shock because I was used to teaching all this content. Now I had to figure out how to teach you all to teach that content. Um, so it's a just different way of thinking about what I did and why I did what I did and, and how to communicate that to you all. Yeah. I don't think it's a conceited thing to say that, that you think that you're still making a difference. I think that it's a really important thing to feel because uh, I, I, I think that educators don't get a spotlight enough in the system and the culture that we're in right now. And I think that... So many educators in the So many educators. <laughs> but, but you... Those teachers and the people who are propelling forward into these young kids' lives are the ones that are impacting it the most. And I think for you to say that, like, I feel like I'm still making a difference, I don't think it's conceited. I think it's an honor. 
So, yeah. So what are some of your favorite experiences you've had here at ISU so far? <laughs> that spell's definitely one of them. Um, <laughs> um, the Theater for Social Change class. Um, that was very rewarding. Um, and um, when I do things like today, when we go up and I see you all teach kids um, and see you grapple with the things that are real, um, and then seeing you be successful in the matter, in, in the face of grappling with those things, that's, that's the cool things. Hmm. Yeah. And how do you engage with uh, the more difficult students or the students that you would normally like believe not to succeed in theater, I guess you could say? Because you get a lot of people who that's not their major, mm -hmm. or in high school they were required to take it for a fine arts elective. So that's two questions? About college and high school? or It's a mix of both, engaging okay. the students. It, and that's it. It's finding a way to finding a way to keep them interested. Finding out who those kids are, um, forming good relationships with them where they know they can trust you. Um, they may be a hellion for Miss Smith down the hall, but when they come in my room, they know their book bags beside their chair. They sit. They're ready to start. They don't get up when that bell rings. I let them know when they get up, um, but they know that I love them. Um, and uh, it took me a couple of years to master that balance between friend and authority um, and, and being able to walk the line and go back and forth as you need to. But um, I think knowing your kids, knowing the relation, having that, those relationships with them, being able to joke with them, being able to poke fun at their hair one day <laughs> and know that when they're going to come back and they're going to poke fun at you and you can laugh about it. Um, I think that's honestly the greatest hurdle in teaching. Um, because I, I could have the worst kid in the school in my class, have an excellent relationship with them, and then they're acting a fool one day, and I can just pull them aside. You're acting a fool. What are you doing? Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Christmas. Yeah, I'll sit down. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's all about relationships, mm -hmm. and knowing your content and knowing what interests them. Um, and I think we talked a little bit about it today. That you know, like in an intro to theater class, they're they don't care about all the theater history. They don't care about how deep into Stanislavski or Meisner you may want to go. They're there, to, some of them because they have to be, um, and others because they want to be, and seven times out of 10, it's the kids who don't want to be there that are in that intro class. So you've got to find a way to keep them engaged, keep them having fun, and still teach your content, and you still have fun while doing it, or you're gonna burn out. Mm -hmm. um, so it's that balancing act of, of doing all those things, but like I told, I told you, I completely rehauled my intro to theater class one year because I was like, I'm bored. I know they're <laughs> bored. I hate this. I know they hate this. So let's fix this. Fix this up. Let's have fun. Let's make soft puppets one day. Cool. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, that's our that's our voice unit. So you know. <laughs> so one of the hardest things as an educator, I would say, is becoming kind of this celebrity in a way in these kids' minds to where they're kind of like obsessed with you and your personal life, uh -huh. and if they see you in public, they make a big deal out of it. Uh -huh. So how do you kind of deal with that? Um, I think one of my favorite moments, I was, I was in the grocery store and I had a bottle of wine in my cart and some milk and just other random groceries I needed and a kid came by and she was like, you drink wine? I'm like, yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, and then another time I was in Target and I was buying a shirt and a kid bumped into me and they were at the checkout line. They were like, you shop? I'm like, 
<laughs> they let us out of the building every now and then, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, a lot of times they like to know more than you're willing to share, and you just have to be able to say, you know, that, that's, that's my business, not yours. We're going to move on. I tell you what I want you to know. And, and they're okay with that. Again, it goes back to that relationship of can you do that with them? Sometimes they feel a little too comfortable, and you have to put them back in their place, but they appreciate that. So I'm going to ask you the same question I asked John. Mm -hmm. um, when you were younger, mm -hmm. high school, early college, mm -hmm. what kind of jobs did you find yourself working? My first job was at Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, my goodness. I love that. That's great. I was the game room attendant. Yes, you were. Um, so I had keys. Oh my god. Um, and then I eventually worked my way to the dining room and then the cashier. I did the kitchen for a bit and I hated it, so I went back to the cashier. Before you continue that, <laughs> yeah. we need to know. Yeah. Does Chuck E. Cheese reuse the pizza slices when they bring out the pizzas? Absolutely. They always look. No, they don't. Timothy oh. <laughs> James. No. I just need to know because it always looks like it lopsided. Looks the they don't same. look like they don't they don't fit where they are yeah. on that tray. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. They don't reuse it. You, you promise? I promise. I promise. <laughs> He's bugged. That's yeah, that's so, the question. So He's been bugged. Have you at any point in time been Chucky himself? Absolutely. Young? Yeah. What? So what was it like being Chuck E. Cheese? Um. Chuck entertainment. Kids like to punch you in the groin because they think it's fun. Oh, no. um, they like to grab the nose and pull the mask down and Chucky. it really hurts your nose because that's where it sits. Yeah. Um, it's not any different from teaching. Honestly. But I, I... The rat costume especially. I, I always would grab their hand to shake it and hold their hand for a second as Chucky and then I would just start to squeeze. <laughs> Until the kid's face was like, oh, what are you doing? And then I would let them go and they wouldn't kick me anymore. At least you're honest about it. I'm not endorsing that, but it's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so after Chuck E. Cheese. After Chuck E. Cheese, um, I worked at, oh, I, I got a job at JCPenney. And they put me in the men's suit department where I okay. had to take, like, alterations and make notes of that. I didn't know how to do that. <laughs> and they didn't train me how to do that. So there were some men who walked out of there with some really busted suits. Um, I worked for two weeks at a Starbucks. Um, Joe's Crab Shack. I was a singing waiter at an Italian restaurant. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. noticing a lot of like Joe's Crab Shack, J.C. Penny. Is there any affiliation with your initials being a part of the job? I mean, it's just cool. I'm just wondering. Because like, if people come up to me, it's like, oh, JC. Are you the JC? Like, like, I mean, like, I'm just saying I would have done it. The JC, Jimmy um, Christmas. The Jimmy Penny. Penny. Jimmy Christmas Penny. Jimmy Christmas Penny. I would have been there. I would have been on that boat. <laughs> so what are some skills that you learned from those jobs that you've taken into your career? Um, uh, working hard being available, um, being willing, and when, when you are that, and when you are that hard worker who has a great work ethic um, that people see, they know they can count on you, they also know when you ask for a favor that you really mean it. Um, I think the biggest thing I learned, and I, I probably got it from my dad if I'm not mistaken, uh, when I started working was he told me, be someone people want to work with. And that's what I always told my students, in high school, and I've, I've tried to impart that here as well, that 
when you're someone people want to you people want to work with, then um, you really kind of get the cream of the crop of the jobs, and, and people come to you when when they need something. Mm-hmm. Any final parting words of wisdom for us in our audience today? Yes, um, authenticity in everything you do. Um, and I, I, I pushed that starting in 185, not to compare yourself to other people who are in the class when they teach, but be the authentic you when you're out there leading whatever you're doing. Um, be the authentic you when you're out here talking to your friends in the hallway. Be the authentic you in your own skin and just, and just life. Because mm-hmm. um, that's the greatest gift you can give yourself. Oof. Yeah, I actually won that in the claw machine before coming. Did you want the cupcake? Yeah, no. I don't, but thank you. Give it to Danny. Okay. Yeah, Danny, happy birthday, Danny. Okay. Wowza. Wow, we're really flying today. Honestly. I feel pretty. I mean, I feel pretty. Flat on the ground, so I don't know why I said flying. <laughs> it's, it was a bang to start off, and now we're just slowly. We, we started the falling action. Yeah, yeah. And now to introduce our introduce next some guest. people who will bring up the mood, lighten the mood a little bit. Uh, not that Jimmy Christman made a fall because he was great. Because <laughs> he was Chuck E. Cheese. Some people on campus who are known for their humor and their improv mostly. We're gonna bring up. Improv Mafia, Theater of Ted, and Playback Theater. So we've got Troy Shafelin, Alex Shorn, Logan Rydell, and Josh Harris. Come on! Get on in here! Make sure you wipe your feet before you come in. Don't mess up my fine linens. Come on in, make yourself at home. Fight for him. Fight for him. Come on. Good job. Wow, we figured that out really well. Proud of us. <laughs> I messed it up. No, I fixed it. Okay. All right, thank you so much, all of you, for joining us today. So you are all under this sort of uh, uh, presumption that everyone thinks you have to be funny all the time. Would you call yourselves funny? <laughs> <laughs> Would you call yourselves modest? Uh, yeah. No, actually, I think I'm pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go down the line, introduce yourself, what you're involved with here on campus, your major, and what was the last one? Year. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I'm Josh. I'm, uh, what were the questions? <laughs> <laughs> So your name, your mm-hmm. year, your major, and then what you're involved in here at ISU. Okay, uh, my year, I'm a junior, kinda. Um, my major, I'm an acting major, and I'm the president of Playback Theater. Yeah! Uh, I'm Logan, I am a sophomore, I'm an acting major, and I'm involved, I'm one of the hosts for Theater of Ted. Uh, hi, I'm Alex Join. Um, I'm a sophomore acting major, and I'm on Improv Mom. Hi, I'm Troy Shafeline. Um, I pronounced it wrong. I'm a lizard person. Uh, I knew it. Uh, and I'm on Improv Mafia also. I'm one of the three co-presidents. Presidents. Three co-presidents. Presidents. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so and we're going <laughs> to go right on back down the line and kind of promote your group. Uh, what 
you kind of do on campus, what you've done so far this semester, and when you meet? Um, so we have free shows. <laughs> uh, we have free shows every Tuesday at 8 o'clock in CBA 145. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we also... Uh, uh, get a lot of noise complaints <laughs> on campus. Yeah. Or uh, get complaints for putting our feet on the wall and leaving footprints on the wall. Mm -hmm. It costs $400 to repaint a wall, in case you're curious. White prints expensive. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Uh, what else? What a, there, was, there was like too many parts for me to remember. To remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. What has happened so far this semester uh, for Improv Mafia or this year? Uh, well, we did. Uh, we uh, we did. Uh, You're doing we great. Did, yeah, we went to uh, the college improv tournament. Uh, we go every year. Um, this is the twelfth year that they've done it, and this is our twelfth year going. And uh, it was a really great time. We went to the regional, the uh, Lower Midwest regional in uh, St. Louis, and we. Ran around to the city museum and we. Ikea? Yeah. Uh, Ikea. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, if you ever want to experience existential dread, walk around <laughs> Ikea and ignore the arrows. <laughs> <laughs> Shelves. Shelves everywhere. <laughs> and meatballs, for some reason. For some reason, meatballs. And flugen. Flugen? Oh, you know, my brother was a flugen. German. Just trying Gluten? to pronounce words. Swedish. Mm. This is really fun. <laughs> it was like one. All right. No. Right. No. no? Uh, cool. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> yes, and, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Did we? Did we done? Okay. Oh. No, we did other stuff, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> what else did we do? Um, um, we have an improvised yeah. stage reading coming yeah. up. Yeah. So we yeah. Awesome. We haven't done that yet. is um directing. Well yeah but yeah that's something that hasn't happened. Oh yet. that hasn't well you is can promote that. Go right ahead. That was gonna be next but you're you're kinda <laughs> jumping the cup. Right? Wow. Don't you know we have a formula? The show is already improv. Might as well let improv mafia take it over. You're gonna end it already. They're bored. <laughs> so we're doing a stage reading, but it's improvised, which means that there's no script, but it's a stage reading. Ooh, so, fun. So uh, figure that out for yourselves. Because mm. we're still trying. <laughs> cool. Jump down the line. Yeah. Uh, I'm involved with Theater Ted. It's an uh, open mic RSO on campus, and we do it every Saturday at midnight. And you can come up and do literally whatever you want uh, within very, like, three simple rules. Um, Troy here actually got oh me, he, he was the host last year uh, when I was a freshman. He got me to go and to eventually be a host for Theater Ted by literally telling me that someone came up on stage, plopped a bucket down, and just just shit in the bucket. <laughs> and I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> so I knew I, I knew I had to be involved with it somehow. Um, this is what the Greeks were planning. Falling action. Falling action. Literally falling action. Because um, of the poop. 
Uh, what we've done this semester, we always uh, throw Rocky Horror Picture Show up um, in the fall of uh, every year. Um, more recently, we had a Theater of Ted show happen in Chicago for those that graduated ICU and like lived in Chicago and stuff. So that was really cool. I didn't go see it, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> what were the other parties for that question? Uh, what's coming up for Theater of Ted right what's now? What's coming up for Theater of Ted? Um, we have mock prom coming up uh, towards the end of the year. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, just just be there. There's a, there's just more information on Facebook, but it's basically um, it's a fake prom that we do. Uh, someone throws a suggestion of uh, a theme on Facebook, and then um, we ultimately pick a theme, and we have a fake prom, and it's a lot of fun, and we hand out awards to... Um, Different people throughout uh, the year that did fun stuff at Theater Ted. So yeah, that's that's well, Theater Ted. Logan. It's funny, funny that you say that. I actually um wanted to throw in my bed for best impression right now, if that's okay. Sure. Um, this is my impression of Logan Rydell. Okay, cool. <laughs> imagine uh, that. Right. I'm, <laughs> imagine that I'm wearing like 15 jackets. <laughs> like I'm wearing too many jackets for one man to possibly wear on the pod. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you need a toothpick. Yeah. Hey, you want a toothpick? We've been here for two hours. Yeah. We're making jokes about water and toothpicks now. It was milk. Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't drink it anymore. <laughs> yeah, go off, man. Um, hi, in case you missed it, I'm Josh. Uh, hello. Um, let's see. Playback theater. Playback theater. Uh, so what we are, a lot of people, um, so we are an improv group on campus, and uh, What's different, I think, uh, between us than like Mafia, per se, um, is we do, so what happens is we have audience members come in, and they all tell their stories to us. Um, so it's, and we replay the stories back for them. So we do not just comedy, uh, which is super awesome. We get some stories, and um, after their stories are done, there are like people bawling in the audience. Um, so it's really fun to do the entire spectrum of emotion. Um, let's see, what have we done this semester? Um, this semester has been like a very much of a revamping semester. We rewrote our, our constitution this semester um, because there were a lot of social issues that exist now that didn't uh, when they first wrote. Um, it, so we just wanted to make sure that we tackled those issues now. Um, Playback uh, just opened up a theater in Chicago um, from alum that started Playback here, um, which is super awesome. So hopefully soon we're gonna get some workshops with them in um, and that'll be super cool. Uh, what are we doing? Um, we have shows every other Thursday. We have shows every other Thursday. We just had one this past Thursday. So if you could do the math, so not this next Thursday, but the Thursday after this next Thursday, we have another show. Um, and also uh, tomorrow, 
thank you to iStop for inviting us there. Mm -hmm. We are going to be performing at Reflections mm -hmm. um, at 5 p.m. So if you all want to come out and see a playback show at 5 p.m. Uh, tomorrow in CW110. No, nope. CB. CBA110. That's also Reflections starts at 1 p.m. Mm -hmm. with the workshop by Connie DeVere, right? Cool. So make sure you check that out. That's a, it's an a all good all-day event um, with all sorts of relaxation kind of uh, aspects and reflection kind of aspects, which uh, sounds really awesome, and I can't wait for that. That's iStop. They couldn't be here tonight because mm -hmm. they're setting up for that. So um, real quick, we're going to go back down the line again. Uh, so jump in the line and uh, tell me, tell me about your favorite experience that you've had with this specific group that you're involved in. Oh, Take some time. Gosh. I know it's very um, taxing on the brain. Get, get some more of that mystery liquid inside the penguin. I can think of some like it's empty. It's the tears of the Arctic. I can think of some like wacky experiences that we've had, but like, yeah, I just I love the group in general. Um, one time, my freshman year, uh, somebody came in and um, they told a story that lasted like literally ten seconds, and it's our long form. So we had 10 seconds of a story, basically, to create 15 minutes worth of, of information. And that's probably, it was like somebody was like, yeah, I came in and I ran into the door on my way in. And we all were like, well. <laughs> and, and how did that Let's make go. you feel? Like, um, so yeah, that's probably the craziest thing. But um, yeah, I just, working with the people um, in playback just makes being president of playback so much more enjoyable because, um, yeah, just everybody working together um, in unison, creating safe space for each other, it just makes my job very easy. Great. What was the question? What's one question. of your favorite experiences that you've had with your group right now? That's tough to choose. Uh, there are a lot of bits that go in and out of theater TED all the time, like several. Um, I don't know. I. I guess some of the bits that I've done with uh, a lot of my friends, um, it just, it really, it helps me realize why I started doing theater in the first place. Um, theater TED is a good outlet for those sort of things, so. Mm. Awesome. Oh man, there's so many. It's amazing to be constantly surrounded by friends that support you in whatever you do, no matter how wild and crazy it is. Uh, can be a little dangerous sometimes, but it's mostly yeah. fun. Um, I'd say best experience I think I had was last semester. We did a cage match through free stage. Oh, yeah. Um, and our team invented our form based off of my love for Mary Todd Lincoln. <laughs> okay. To be able to take something that I feel so passionately about, which is Mary Todd Lincoln, and to create improv from it, and to have people that are willing to let me just love Mary Todd Lincoln mm -hmm. that much, it's just a really cool time. That's great. Made me feel special. Yeah, that was like a really, that was a really cool form too. You guys like yeah. took out your clothes at the yeah, end. Yeah, we too. did. That was fun. Yeah. Just uh, like Mary Todd Lincoln. Just like Mary Todd Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, one of the yeah we uh, one of the uh, specialty shows that we do uh, at the end of the year is called Skin Prov, um, where what we do is we uh, Skin Prov. <laughs> we go to we go into right. the regular show like any other day except we were like oh my 
whole bunch of layers of clothes on, um, and then like, like throughout the entire night, we'll just like be in seats and like just like take off like layers of clothing until we're all in our underwear on stage. Um, so it's really uh, pretty pretty weird, um, pretty culty. Uh, <laughs> uh, there was one time uh, we uh, made a, a blood pack together. That was a long time ago. Um, it was okay. We sterilized food. No, I was just kidding. That's not real. Uh, is it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are so far over time. Yes, so we are. But it's okay, we have to wait until 10. Yeah, we, but we're not going to stay here that long. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we had a lot of great times tonight. I hope you all are. Did you break it more? No, my shirt's stuck. What? <laughs> you just can't leave. You just can't get enough. So we had a lot of great times today. We learned a lot of cool stuff. Grant Brown, kind of recap the show for me right now. Right now? Are you going to cut me off? Uh, no. <laughs> promise? I promise. All right. So to recap the show, uh, let's see. We had a really emotional, moving speech by me. Um, <laughs> Um, then we decided to get into the show itself. It's pretty good. I'd say so myself. Um, so we started out with Jonathan J. Tomar. Um, this, this punches, had a great time. Let's see, then we went on into, uh, what did we go into next? <laughs> Free stage and black actors. Right, we, we played Quiplash for 15 million hours. And, uh, uh, then we went ahead and had a beautiful interview about what it means to be a part of this theater program and do amazing things. Uh, then we had a beautiful interview with Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> and uh, we celebrate his birthday! Yeah! Yeah! I won that morning with a claw machine on my first try, I swear to God. Um, I'm so good at that. It's ridiculous. Um, I'm, not, I'm not bragging, I'm just saying true facts. Um, let's see. After that beautiful interview, we brought up all the lovely guys and gals from Impop Mafia, um, Playback Theater, and Theater Pad. And um, they did really, really amazing things. They pitched us some ideas. Honestly, I've never thought of it before in my life. But a script? Fuck. <laughs> 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 Sorry, excuse me. Frick. Um, and now to end this show, I'm going to go ahead and give Wes. All right, thank you so much to everyone for coming out tonight. Thank you so much to John Tovar for being our first guest. Yeah. The Free Stage representatives, Ethan Rickard and Marie Owens. Our Black Actors League representatives, Mari Smith, Deanna Stewart. Yeah. We've got Jimmy Chrisman, thank yeah. you so much. Logan Rydell, Troy Schaefline, Alex Jorn, and Josh Harris. Grant Brown, Wesley Skim. Thank you so much to On the Brink of Normal for opening for us. Thank you so much. With that, we're just skimming the surface. Thank you so much. Good night. Good night. Good night. Right, Thank sorry. you. Sorry.